Welcome to the Student Leadership Podcast. My name is Brogan Hume. I'm the student worker at the Belfry in York, and it's great to have you with us today. If you've listened to the last couple of episodes, you will know the drill by now. We take a key thinker or leader or pioneer in student ministry, and we ask them how we can best reach and serve and bless and see students come to know Jesus in our context. Today, we have got Rich Wilson talking about how to get a vision for your student ministry and the role of the local church. But before we get to today's episode, I just want to make you aware of our website, www.thestudentleadershipblog.com. If you head there, you can find loads of great blogs about working with students, as well as our monthly roundup of the best student work resources. There will be a blog to follow up on everything that Rich is talking about, uploaded at the same time that this is. So please do check it out, thestudentleadershipblog.com. Here's a bit of what is coming up on the show this week. The nature of a vision when God initiates it and bursts it in us is, is actually it's out of reach. We need his help to achieve it. And I think that's the way it's supposed to be. He calls us into partnership for that reason. Uh, and so our vision is really just a small snapshot of his big mission. So whether you are a first year student just starting to lead a small group or whether you are a full-time student worker or church leader who's been doing this for years, it is great to have you with us today. And just a quick heads up, Rich gave us so much great content when we interviewed him that we simply couldn't fit it all in one episode. So we selected probably one of our favourite bits, this was painful, and cut it out. And then this little five minute segment on how to have incredible spirit-led, Christ-centred small groups, we're releasing this little bit as a separate episode. The idea being that it could be placed in the hands of any student leader. It's just five minutes and it will give them some great, great teaching. We are going to be releasing that this time next week. So give us seven days and it will be with you. So don't miss out on that. The best way to get hold of it is simply to subscribe to this podcast feed. Please do make sure you do that. We don't want you to miss anything that comes out from this channel. And also, as of the last two days, uh, we've joined Twitter. So we'll announce it there. Our Twitter handle is at the SL underscore podcast, or you can click on the link in the show notes. So thanks for joining us today. Here is my interview with Rich Wilson. Welcome to the Student Leadership Podcast. My name's Brogan and I'm joined by Rich Wilson today. Rich heads up Fusion, um, a charity that work nationally in the UK and indeed internationally um, to resource student ministry uh, and to make Jesus known amongst students through student mission. Rich, you are the team leader at Fusion. Can you tell us a bit about what that job involves? Thank you, Brogan. Really good to be with you. Um, it's a difficult job to describe. Uh, it probably stems from a deep sense of calling. So it's about God opening up something of his heart with regard to the student world, uh, myself and others capturing a little bit of it and then trying to form some sort of job around it. So the team leader at the moment means... Um, being responsible for uh, Fusion uh, team, which has about 24 people in it, um, culture setting, uh, keeping the vision sharp, 
And uh, I, I think for me, trying to release as many leaders as possible around me so that it's very much a shared effort. It's quite a flat structure. And um, doing whatever is needed, really, to keep things on track and to, I guess to stay true to calling, which is to pioneer student mission uh, in today's culture. That's great. Thank you. And we know you as a, as a leader of leaders, some of what you've just been talking about. You, you have a heart that yearns to see students uh, set on fire with love for Christ. Um, many will have heard you speak or, or read books um, uh, that you've written. And this is all stuff that God has uh, done with you over the last 20 years. Um, but I'm interested to know, where did it start? What were you like as a, as a university student? Great question. Uh, I, I mean... It starts with an ignition moment. I think for all of us, something has to ignite in our hearts that does something that changes our our appetite and our hunger for God. And for me, that moment happened just before university. So I I went away with a youth group um, from church. I was just about still in church at that point. I loved God, but I struggled with church. And I went away uh, from Manchester to Norfolk. And it was a long way to go for a youth weekend. But as with many of these things that God has for us, it isn't about the place or the distance travelled. It's about the people. And the people we met there were a couple who were farmers, but they were also kind of Pentecostal, almost revivalists. Uh, And we had this crazy weekend with them listening to their stories of how they ministered uh, both locally and around the world and saw God move in incredible ways. And I chatted with the the man on the lunchtime. I went to visit him in his lounge. And um, I don't remember what I went to ask, but I do remember him praying for me and finding myself in floods of tears, uh, overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. And so for me, that was a moment in my journey that I look back on and think something significant happened there. So that was just before university. And, and I say what, what changed in me was my appetite for God and, and a desire really for adventure with God. So I came to university ready. I was ready to leave home. Uh, I, you know, really grateful for my upbringing, but I was so ready to leave home. Uh, and I was ready to explore different traditions in the church, um, and so I connected with a Pentecostal church and then I connected with a group of uh, students who were, I think, more alive in their faith than I'd encountered before. And uh, that led to a whole, you know, a whole other journey of church planting of, um, I mean, I don't know where to start with that. because I could, I could keep going on this, Brogan. Um, <laughs> so, so then you are at uni and... Um... And then your time at university is quite shaped by a church that now has become uh, Open Heaven Loughborough. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so Open Heaven didn't exist when I started, but I met Ness in my first week uh, and uh, I was drawn to her. I wouldn't say I was attracted to her, but I was drawn to her. There was something about her. And um, she was one of seven students who stayed around. She was in her final year. She stayed around off the back of a prophetic word and a sense of conviction from God that a bunch of people have become Christians, but they weren't really connecting with church. So let's create a church for students that students love being part of. And uh, I got involved in that as a student. And uh, it wasn't about the worship because uh, that was pretty average. It wasn't about the meetings or the preaching. It was about the people. And I think the passion that existed in this group of people, a community, 
and um that was incredibly shaping so that that was a big part and then also i was i was open to adventures so i used my summers going on mission i went to brazil for four weeks um the first summer out of uni the second summer i lived on mount carmel for three months in israel uh, and all these things were me expressing something of my faith adventure my appetite my hunger after god and then i decided to stay around after university to be part of this church that had just started yeah and it's from there from that experience from that encounter with the heart of god and um mission in the student world that leads fusion whatever fusion looked like in those early days to begin can you can you tell us a little bit about uh, what those early days of fusion well when i graduated like? yeah when i graduated fusion didn't exist and and i stayed around to build the church and, and be part of the church and be on a training gear in evangelism and leadership and it was in that that kind of first few months of that year, I remember God speaking to me in a student room, a kind of a whisper, quite a quiet whisper. There was no burning bush or angel. It was just a deep sense of God inviting me to partner with him in student mission and student movement. But I couldn't see the outlet for that. So I was looking around the country and, and the different expressions, and I thought there's, there's nothing that really is chiming and fitting with what I'm sensing and seeing. But I didn't know at that time that there was a whole bunch of other people who were also thinking similar things. And in kind of God's divine strategy, ended up colliding with them, Roger Ellis in Chichester uh, and others around the country who were exploring what might it look like to see other expressions of student mission on the campuses of the UK. Um, Back then, uh, student numbers were increasing rapidly and um, there was some great work going on with other organisations, the Navigators, UCCF, Agape, uh, a diversity of approaches, but still the workers were few in comparison, a massive harvest field. And, and, and so we were dreaming basically about what, what would it mean to complement that and to look at how we could create other expressions uh, a diversity of expressions for mission on the campuses connected with local church and fusion was this idea uh, that a bunch of people I guess were, were dreaming about and and a few years later it was a few years later after graduating that fusion launched it launched with a conference in London about 400 students rocked up and uh, this vision was cast for small groups multiplying on the campuses and, and that's where it started. And it started from across a number of different streams and networks and, and, and leaders. And so it was always a fusion of the church. It was never a single part of the church that, that kind of birthed fusion. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. Um, yeah. And so what did you think fusion was going to look like? If I, if I could go back 20 odd years and, and have a conversation with, with a, a young Rich Wilson saying, what is fusion going to look like in 20 years? Where did you think it was going? I think God always places dreams in our hearts uh, for things that, that he wants to see happen. So, so there was definitely ambition there to grow and to multiply. It'd be very difficult to say what it would look like. But I guess, you know, we're still praying for moves of God. Looking back now... I actually feel I was caught up in a in a level of of God's movement. You know, we saw the cells multiply in those early days uh, to around five hundred in the first six years. So th there was something incredible going on. You know, places like Sheffield at one point they had fifty six uh, cell groups. Started with one, 
you know, Cambridge again had over 40, Oxford had loads, you know, there was some incredible uh, multiplication at grassroots through discipleship and mission. And I think that that was also congruous with what I was experiencing in local church. So I, I guess I was I was hoping that this would be something that would continue to grow and develop, uh, capture the hearts and minds of the student generation. And it did for some. But as we know, the student world is largely unreached still. Uh, it's almost like it's a continual pioneering. I think what I didn't bargain for that I'm more at home with now is that this is an ongoing pioneering movement and ministry. That the student world is refreshed every three years. It's brand new. And therefore, we have to keep pioneering. There's no such thing as a, 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 a structure or a system that stays the same. We need to pioneer each new generation of students. Uh, and, and we need all the help we can get. And so one of the big changes in that journey was realising the local church has a much bigger role to play in student mission. And that was, a, that was both an experience locally, but it was also a revelation that I believe God was giving to me and actually to... I'd say thousands of church leaders across the country who were all saying, you know what, I think we need to do more. We're just not quite sure how to do it. Um, and that, that conversation continues to get echoed to this day. Yeah, that's good. And so if Jesus doesn't return in the next few years, uh, maybe even for a few decades, then historians are going to look back on this period of time in the church, where local churches were becoming uh, more awakened to the call to student mission. Um, if you could choose just one thing, I mean, no one gets to write history, um, <laughs> except from the historians looking back, but if you could choose one thing, what would you want Fusion to be remembered for? I mean, our strap line is about being passionate about student mission. Uh, and hopefully for the last 20 years, we have embodied that. I think in terms of making a change, it's very much along the lines of um, Luke 10, where we're looking at this huge harvest field. It's ripe, but the work is a few. Uh, and I think some of our contribution has, has definitely been about raising the, the need for workers and for the local church. So... I don't know. I mean, I'm not too worried on one level how we're remembered by uh, the church on, on the earth. I'm much more interested about how heaven views our attempts at being obedient and faithful. But but I think it's incredibly important that the local church has got more involved in student mission. And I still think there's a long way to go. Uh, there's a huge mandate on the church to play its part um, in grassroots student mission in being creative, in releasing leaders. And um, I think Fusion is is still wanting to champion more of that. So I don't feel like our, our work's done yet. And, and, and hopefully our, our main contribution hasn't happened yet. But so far, it's probably been about galvanising the church. Mm. The best is yet to come. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and you've been working with students in student ministries now for 20 years. I don't know if you necessarily could pick out a few things, but um, what have you seen change over that time? Maybe in culture, maybe in the way that we see students. Um, yeah, what have you seen change? Um, well, when I was a student, 
I didn't have a screen in my uh, student room. Uh, I didn't have a computer. I definitely didn't have a, a mobile. Didn't have a television. And so student culture in the early 90s was, was, was very, very different. Um, I think it was, it was probably more social. I think it demanded more social space and being with people and being out. You, you know, there was no, there wasn't a distraction of screens. Um, as technology's advanced, I do think that has changed student culture. I think it has become more individualistic. Uh, I think probably uh, the the um, the need to go out has decreased because entertainment is on hands. Um, there's been huge changes in the financing of student um, degrees. So I was probably at the back end of a generation who were almost getting paid to go to university, <laughs> uh, and now it's a you know it costs a fortune. One of one of the one of our students who was interning in the fusion office last year, admittedly he's a master's student and now a PhD student, but. His debts were around sixty thousand pounds, and um, that just is is a phenomenal shift in in thinking with regard to how things are financed. So as a result, I do think probably students are taking their studies more seriously, and you know, and they're demanding more of the university. Um, I think we've gone through a few ebbs and flows in terms of how students are open to the gospel. Uh, I would say now is a really good space for evangelism. I don't think that's always been the case. I think there's been tougher seasons in the last 20 years, particularly as people have been excited with cultural change. Uh, and now I think there's elements where people are maybe a little bit dissatisfied with it. You know, they're, they're, they're seeing the negative effects of it and almost parts of the culture that is normative now, it, people know it isn't, isn't making them feel good about themselves. Uh, social media has got some great positives, but without a framework of a, a strong sense of self and identity, it's hugely challenging. So mental health is through the roof, as you know, in, in universities. And I think there is a longing for a deeper connection with others and with God. I think there's a hunger there. I think there's an appetite in culture for more of God. So even though the pain's gone up, I think the, the opportunity for the church and for Christian students to to share their faith and to invite people on the journey with, with Jesus is, is as high as I've known it. Are you, are you excited about the time that we're in at the moment? Excitement is a kind of word that trips off the tongue quite easily. I would say I'm just about, as you mentioned, 20 years, I'm about to enter my third decade with Fusion uh, in this kind of approach to student ministry. And for someone who gets bored easily, I'm a long way from being bored. So I, I, I'm not sure how excited I am, but I have got a deep conviction about um, what God has called me to and what God has called us to uh, and the church to. And therefore, I probably have waves of excitement from time to time. But I think the long term means there has to be a, a deeper motivation than just an emotional feel good um so there's moments where i get very excited but there's other times where i'm just like you know what i'm just convinced we need to do this and um the motivation probably comes from a deeper place what would you say to any student workers who are who are in that place where they're just not excited right now they're just going at it because you know because it's what they've been doing for the last couple of years 
but it doesn't seem to be bearing much fruit and it just feels like a lot of hard work. I'd say keep going. Um, I think that's life. I think that's a narrative of life. We could be doing anything uh, and it's very, very rare to have jobs that are totally fulfilling all the way through. I think there's there's a lot more uh, graft and application of ourselves that is needed. And, um, and also there's a trust in God as well. I think that's where we have to come back to God as Christians, whether we're in student work or in other things, that God has a perspective on our work and we need to draw down some of that perspective and some of that energy and conviction for what we're doing uh, to, to help make sense of it. And, and, and even their sense in the mundane, you know, I just think there's, there's God's training and God's hand in us, uh, particularly in the hard times. I think that the hard times are more formative than the easy times. And, um, and almost we, we want to pay, pay special attention to, to why we're maybe finding things hard and, and what God's requiring of us. Because often, well, not often, but I think, you know, before, before, um, breakthrough there's often tough things to go through and breakthrough looks different in uh, for different people in different contexts but the last thing we want to do is give up just before breakthrough so my my encouragement to student workers if they feel god has called them to work with students is to keep going and to invest in themselves to invest in their relationship with god to invest in their skills as a student worker um recognizing that they will go through different seasons that's good. And we're recording this in summer um, of 2018. It is gorgeous outside and has been for about uh, two weeks. But this is going to air um, in the first term of uh, the 2018-19 academic year. Uh, and Fusion are launching something that can actually help student workers invest in themselves for the long term. Um, can you just tell us a bit about what that is uh, with the graduate diploma and all that? Kind of stuff. Yeah, we've got a couple of pathways. Having having been training workers for nearly twenty years now, and and done levels of training around leadership, discipleship, and mission, we are creating some new pathways for student workers where we are bringing some of that training into a curriculum. One is for absolutely anybody, and it's it's almost like a fusion certificate over a couple of years. Um, that has a, a low cost to it but it does have a cost it has a time cost it has an investment and it's an investment we'd encourage student workers to make if they are in post you know why wouldn't you invest in in your your role uh, and so that's kind of easy access uh, foundational level of student work but then the next level is us taking ourselves more seriously and also taking uh, student workers more seriously and that's come out, coming out of a partnership with Westminster Theological Centre and is a two-year graduate diploma in Kingdom Theology with student ministry. Uh, and we're hugely excited about this. This feels, um, it does feel very significant. And I dare say I am, I, you know, I'm using the word excited because genuinely I am because I see people being equipped uh, to be excellent in their student work and to, and to have the tools they need not just to run for maybe a couple of years, but I believe God is calling people into student work for 5, 10, 20 years because that's what the, the student world demands. There's 25 million students across Europe. So we need some people who are going to plan for being part of this journey long term and give their lives to it. 
give their lives to student mission. And so the graduate diploma is about a pathway where calling can be outworked and some of the best practitioners around Europe will be uh, heading up those modules and, and, and um, working with the student workers on, on that course. So that will be being launched at our conference, which has just gone. Uh, if you missed it, you missed it, but there'll be more. Uh, and it'll be being launched uh, the coming September, September 19. That's great. And we'll put a link to um, uh, Fusion's website where there'll be full details of all that stuff, when it's coming out, how to get involved. We'll stick that both in the show notes and on our blog, www.thestudentleadershipblog.com. Um, so I just want to change track a little bit here uh, and shift to some really practical stuff. Um, probably Nick, maybe a bit of what's going to be in the graduate diploma. Um, but there we go. Um, I want to talk about ministry priorities. Um, so student workers, as you know, having worked with them for many years, are really often really very busy. Um, many volunteer, um, others work jobs in um, either within the church or elsewhere. Um, but for student ministries to grow, they need to be focused and, and have some specific stuff they focus on and prioritise. Mm. Um, if you could give a few things to prioritise, mm. or maybe just even one, what would it be? Um, I think as, as student work is getting established more in local church, it's still new. Student workers is still a new thing. They didn't exist really 15 years ago. So, so, so student work in local church is new. So if you're a student today or a student worker today, um, this, this is still a new uh, area that's being worked out. And, and in some respects, we're making it up as we go along. Um, so I think there's gone through some iterations where the church has been desperate to connect with church uh, with students. So the first part has been uh, probably a phase I still think we're in, which has been about getting a crowd, you know, to get a student ministry off the ground. We're, we're looking to grow the numbers of students connected to the churches. Uh, and I feel that that is still where we're at at the moment. Uh, my encouragement and priority uh, for, for where to go next is about mobilising the crowd. It's about every member of the church and the student church playing their part. So I think, I think in terms of ministry priority, it's how do we encourage leadership amongst students, both leadership within the church, but also leadership within the universities. Um, how do we support students to be missional in their day-to-day -day lives and on campus? And how, how do we train them uh, and encourage them to develop communities uh, that are are welcoming to their friends and um, and can grow. So 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 the, the, it's not it's not good enough just to have a crowd of students. We we're here to grow. We're here to make an impact. We're here to make a difference. And so the, the priority has to be our on mission. Um, and I think as mission happens so many other things fall into place. I think it challenges discipleship. It makes us think a lot more about our discipleship. It makes us think about more about our welcome and our integration. Um, and there's always a place for students to do serving in church. But if all, if all we're asking of students is to be part of the worship band or on the kids' rota, um, we've got to take a long, hard look at ourselves because th this is not about uh, increasing the volunteer base. This is about mobilising mission in a way that we've not seen before from the church to the university. Uh, and, uh, 
And so the, the priority has to be about looking outward and equipping students to be confident in sharing their faith and building Christian community. Um, That's great. It's really simple, I think. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before the, you can even get to the stage where um, students are being sent out, they need to know why they're being sent out. And something that Fusion are brilliant at that I've seen is that you guys are really good at casting vision and calling people to a vision. I mean, everything you've just been talking about, <laughs> mobilising mission, um, is the vision. Um, and so I kind of want to open up the bonnet and yeah. just sort of look under the hood uh, um, a bit about vision. Um, firstly, so what is your personal process for discerning and working out vision in your life and with fusion? I mean, I would describe myself as a visionary. Uh, it's not it's not something that I would own as a label, but in answering your question, um, it probably helps to say that. So, so I've always been a bit of a daydreamer, uh, and I've been a bit of a daydreamer with God. When I went back to that moment in a student house where I felt God speak to me, I was daydreaming with God about what does it mean to disciple a generation, and it was into that space I felt God speak to me and call me. So, so my mind has naturally gone to kind of place the vision. Um, I think all of us have vision in some way. Uh, and, and, and I think in some respects to compare uh, the way I view vision with the way other people view vision is probably unhelpful. But, but vision is maybe getting a, a glimpse of God's preferred future. So all of us need vision. Uh, some of it needs to be big if God's asking us to mobilize bigger things, but actually we need it in our day-to-day -day lives. Uh, we need a vision for our, our own lives and how we're going to pursue God and outwork things. And therefore, it has to start with God. It has to originate in, in God's breath, in his whisper, in scripture. We see it um, clearly through scripture, what God's heart is for his people and for the world. And so I don't think vision is hard to access, but I think it's maybe hard to, to get on with. Um, it, it requires devotion. It requires hard choices. It requires discipline. Um, so get, getting vision is quite easy. I think if you talk with most people, they have some sort of vision for their lives. It might not be God-centered, but it's there. Um, but the next part of, of getting on with it in a way where we're being faithful to it, then that's maybe a bit more tricky. Uh, and I, that's why it, it, it causes some wrestling, uh, maybe the odd sleepless nights, you know, uh, time on our knees. Because uh, the nature of, of vision when God initiates it and bursts it in us is, is actually it's out of reach. We need his help to achieve it. Uh, and I think that's the way it's supposed to be. We, he calls us into partnership for that reason, that, that there's things that he wants us to join in with. Uh, and so our vision uh, is really just a, a, a small snapshot of his big mission. And I think that's what he gives each one of us, that he gives us a little glimpse on the part we're supposed to play in his big mission. It's not our mission, it's not our movement, it's his mission, it's his movement. And he invites us to participate and join in. And um, in terms of how it gets stimulated and provoked, uh, I find it gets provoked around being with people who, um, who do me good, you know, 
So God, God vision gets provoked around passionate people. Uh, for me personally, it's often around quite prophetic people. Uh, I feel very sharpened in those environments and in those meetings. And I take um, more notice of what I'm sensing in, in uh, say, a, a worship time than maybe if I'm kind of frustrated in traffic on the way to work, you know. I, I kind of feel like there's often a clearer sense of uh, what God is asking. And so it's one thing, it's one thing noticing and hearing it. It's another thing kind of enacting it. Yeah. Part of that enacting um, often involves calling others to a vision. Um, so I'd love to get your wisdom on on how do you begin by enacting? I mean, I mean, maybe you would say communicating isn't part of it. Brogan, you need to go away and rethink that. But um, yeah, what does it look like to enact a vision? And specifically, a communicating vision. How do you do that really well? I think for all of us getting going, um, it's about serving other people's vision. So, so it, for me, getting going in, in student work and ministry, it was about serving other people's vision. And I think that is the, the doorway into ministry, into understanding how we play our parts. Um, and, and in God's economy, he then begins to open up things for us as we, I guess, if we're, as we're faithful in the small you know, he gives us some more things to get on with and he gives us maybe some dreams of our own or some dreams that chime with other people's dreams. Um, and when that begins to happen and then we realise that we need to recruit and, and um, ask others to serve, not our vision, but the vision that God's given us, then there is a place for communication and for for casting it. And um, I think that the, the best articulations always start with with God they always start with something that he is desiring and um, I don't think we can ever get away from it you know I think it's part of how we're wired you know as as human beings we love we love story we love um, being summoned to quests and adventure and things that are out of reach um, and we love to achieve things you know we want we you know we put people on the moon we know we've the the, the the human spirit is expansive and adventurous and i think when we tap into god and his vision we also tap into something that is expansive and adventurous and causes to be better versions of ourselves and calls us out of our small lives into his bigger life uh, causes away from our fears uh, and maybe our risk averse nature into a faith adventure and so so vision casting um, summons courage in the individual and it also stirs faith so with vision casting we've also got to trust that God is also doing something that it isn't just our um, our passion or you know or um, emotional manipulation um, but it's actually something that God is also stirring in individuals as they get hold of vision that's really good what um, what practical pieces of advice would you give to a, a student worker um, who's struggling to either discern vision, really see what God's heart is for a situation, um, or indeed to communicate that? Yeah, I think it's not a one-person job, you know. So we do this as a fusion team all the time, um, and I, 
I don't come up with the vision and go, hey, everybody, I, I, you know, I had a moment with God on the hillside and this is the download I got. So it, it's more about, okay, guys, let's pray together. So as a student worker, gather your students together and say, let's seek God together. What is it that God wants to say to us? He speaks to his body, you know. Uh, he speaks to us in different ways. And um, together, let's discern the will of God for what's next. And let's 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 see what God is seeing for us. And so therefore, taking the burden off the individual to come up with something and inviting people to play their part. Uh, and, and in that, ownership gets created straight away. And, and then giftings can come to the fore because the student worker might be a brilliant community builder but might not be great, really strategic. So it needs to lean into the strategic gifting of maybe some of the students and the student leaders. Or it could be really strategic but not brilliant at building community. So, it, so I think, you know, working with others to create spaces where we can hear God. And I think that's one thing that we've been very, very... Um, mindful of is that God's been calling us to, to deeper levels of prayer and devotion as a as a team uh, in this last three or four years uh, and out of it I think is has birthed a, um, a much deeper conviction for what he wants to do and also a greater unity because we we're, we're finding in prayer we find ourselves on the same page um, so if there's, there's not shortcuts but if there are shortcuts it is around, let's do this together uh, and with God and uh, through prayer. Uh, and let's not be afraid to, to, to dream big. Let's create a space where we can put the ideas down and then kind of whittle down what it is that the next steps are. That's really good. Rich Wilson, thank you ever so much for your time. Thanks. I don't know about you, but I'm just blown away by some of the wisdom and the insight that Rich shares there and his honesty and his humility. It was great to interview him. Coming up on the podcast in two weeks' time, we have got Esther Swaffield Bray, who works for International Justice Mission, talking about how to engage students in social justice. This is such a key topic for us as a church in this day and age. You do not want to miss this one. Here's a little bit of what is coming up in two weeks' time. It's like there is a, a spirit at work here that is raising up a generation who are, who are really passionate about this stuff. We're in a fortunate time, I think, where, where justice-seeking sort of person is, is cool, for, for want of a better word. It's attractive and it's fashionable. Whatever the motivations may be, I'm not that fussed. As long as we can connect the dots back to, here's Jesus, who is the ultimate ethical example. Here's the ultimate justice-seeker. It's going to be absolutely incredible, so please do make sure that you subscribe. Head to our blog, thestudentleadershipblog.com, and follow us on Twitter at the SL underscore podcast. But from us, that is everything. Have a great couple of weeks working with students wherever you do so.
Production support on this episode comes from Josh Allen, and music is by Argo Fox and Vexento. It is licensed under Creative Commons.